Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG, episode 67. I'm your host, Adam Sink, with me as always, Brendan Carrion. What's up, Brendan? What up? How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Is this shit recording? Okay, it is. Yes. Everything's sunshine and roses. Yeah, man. I thought it was recording, and then it just didn't sound like it was recording. Well, like, what the, like, what the fuck is this Board's shit? Board's green. Yep, yep. Looking good. Cool. So, uh, we are back, and we'd like to start off by saying that Game Depot is one of our sponsors. We're brought to you by the Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona, on McClintock and Southern. Dave and Patty are good friends of ours. We've known them for years. If you're looking for game books, miniatures, board games, wargaming, uh, accoutrements, chess, any of that stuff, stop into the Game Depot and help, you know, have them sort you out. They'll help you. Friendly, knowledgeable staff. Let them know we sent you. It's a solid family joint. You know what I'm saying? Go down there with your friends. Like go down there with your kids. It's a good spot for that. It's not like uh, it's not it's not it's not super grognardy or nothing. This is true. And that brings us to our other sponsor, Exalted Funeral. Exalted Funeral. Exalted Funeral is up on Kickstarter with their game. They've got the charity thing going. They are doing things, making stuff happen. Yeah, check out ExaltedFuneral.com um, and then check out their Facebook page and you can see all the stuff that Matt Kelly and the Exalted Funeral team is up to, which is right now a lot. And uh, if you're still following that uh, LOTFP vibe, there's like a charity auction that has some original art. Uh, I mean, that shit's, that, that shit's hot. And uh, then Ultraviolet... Uh, oh, I, can't, I can't say it, Ultraviolet dude. Grasslands. Ultraviolet Grasslands. They posted, the the, they posted an image of the dice. Yeah, well, everything looks good. I mean, it all looks good. And that's uh, that shit is hot up there. So go check out those homies. Not to mention the fact they've got, like, you know, uh, Yogo's stuff for sale. You know, all the, all, the, all the good kids are up there. Cool. So uh, now we got that out of the way, just wanted to really quick give some shout-outs. Some of our listeners who have reached out over the intervening couple weeks and they've interacted with us. You know, I wanted to say what up to Chris Handley from the uh, Darker Days Radio Podcast. You know, Chris is a cool-ass guy, and uh, he always has interesting stuff to say. And, uh, you know, he reaches out every so often on Facebook or on Instagram. We have little chats. And I got to say, as a, as a fellow podcaster, as a fellow RPGer dude, I haven't been great about getting back to the homie, and I feel real bad. So, Chris, what up? Uh, thank you always for reaching out. Um, Chris is up to amazing stuff. He's doing some writing and his, uh, Instagram always has cool miniatures on it. So check that shit out. Uh, say what up as always to Mark Boardman and William Cuthbertson, two great friends I've made over the, uh, the IG webs. Great guys always hitting me up and sending positivity to the show. Uh, to uh, Wolf Mungus, he and I were talking Horus Heresy on Instagram recently. Whoo! I don't know if my pocketbook can survive any more GW. I don't think that it can. But uh, boy, man, I sure do wish I could get into that Horus Heresy life with you guys. I wish I could. Um, and then, of course, <clears throat> last mi- mention to our good friend, Brenton Williams, who... Uh, you know, we were just talking to him about some miniatures stuff and about the progress of his book, Ruins of Ayland. And, um, you know, we were just, we we're having, we were also having a little, a little slight personal conversation. But, uh, you know, thank you, Brenton, for always sending out, you know, the positive vibes, man. So 
Uh, kind of on that note, one of the things that Brenton and I were talking about, and I'm kind of jumping a little bit ahead on our list here, is is the Homie Scourge books. Oh, man. Things took sort of a weird turn with that guy recently. And uh, when I say recently, I don't know. I mean the last few weeks. Like, uh, I, I did a spell at the beginning of the year where I wasn't really on Instagram very much. And then when I came back on, Scourge had gotten kind of into some of his own kind of strange stuff. And um, yeah, and he pulled out of the RPG community as well, stopped creating content for it, and said he didn't want to interact with that type of content anymore, right? Like, Yeah, it's like, you know, I mean, he called it escapist, called escapist entertainment. Fantasy, yeah. I get it. It is escapist entertainment. I mean, there's really no other way to look at it. Um, that said, uh, you know, he has some kind of like strange and polarizing views on his uh, his page, and I'm sure that, um, you know, he'd have uh, earful for me if you were to hear me say this. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't agree with the, the direction that, that that young man has gone. And, uh, you know, I met him in real life, and uh, he seemed like a, like a cool guy to me. And I feel like maybe he's just kind of like looking for something, and he's kind of gotten himself into some stuff that uh, that I per- I personally think leads into sort of a dark direction. Uh, I hope that he's able to, you know, like kind of figure himself out. So you know, more power to him as a person. But uh, we don't really deal with that stuff anymore, right? Like we know we pulled all of his stuff off our web page. Right. And- there was a couple issues of Reliquary Two still up there, so those are no longer there. Um, and Reliquary 1 was sold out, but that's no longer there as well. So Yeah, so, uh, you know, bon voyage to Scourge. And I just kind of want to say, like, on a sort of note, because for whatever reason, this kind of came up this week in the, um, in the FMRPG online fam. Like, FMRPG is not, uh, like, a politically safe zone, right? Adam and I are political people, and as the world gets kind of, I shouldn't speak for Adam. I'm not, I'm a political person. And as the world gets weirder and weirder, and as there's like less and less common ground for those of us who see the world in one way versus those of us who see the world in another way to interact with each other. Um, I mean, I'm going to speak my mind about like how it is I feel about things on this show. And uh, I think if you've listened to the show for a long enough time, you'll know that Adam and I are like distinctly hard left individuals, you know, and, and, and we're not like ashamed to say that we're not scared to say that. Uh, and if we, we, if we encounter like content out there that we find to be like objectionable or that we feel like is uh, discriminatory or hateful or even just endorses people that we feel are discriminatory or hateful or that are just like actively involved in making the world a shittier fucking place, then we'll say so and we have no fucking problem like like cutting that type of content out of our lives. So, uh, you know, please, if you're like some weird like alt-right rightist dude, you don't need to write us. Adam said it before. We're gonna say it again. Don't justify yourself to us. We don't need to. We don't need you to. We don't give a shit. Seriously, man. You follow your leader. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? Fucking alt right guy. Like seriously. Like it's not. You know. It's like we're trying to be polite here. Okay. We're trying to be polite. 
Now I yeah, and, you do anyway. you, let us do us. And uh, you know, the, the, the twain is, won't meet. The, the twain is, will never meet. You're like you're like you do you, but I kind of don't want you to do you. <laughs> I, mean, I kind of want you to fucking like I don't know. I, I well you know what? Just without, keep it out of my face. I guess is all I'm at. You know uh, I don't dude, care as long as see, you keep it out of my face. See man, I disagree with that. <laughs> you and I are not in agreement on that one. Yeah, I guess I, I just have more of a do to buy. It's kind of approach to the whole thing. Right? I do. I do not right, abide. Just go go do it, but don't no. Don't feel like you no. need to come and tell me about it and certainly don't tell me how it is and that I need to be doing that because that's yeah, where yeah. that's where things get kind of hairy for me right well I mean anyway I'm sure that you know we could probably do a whole episode about like uh, me you know wanting to tell all the you know Nazi Nazi punks to fuck off and go kill themselves but um you know we won't we won't we'll get back to the gaming shit which I guess is why everybody's here but I just I just want I just want to say as I close this off all right this idea that somehow there are non-political spaces out there and that, like gaming quote unquote like should be one of them is bullshit okay when you're sitting here and you're trying to get in my grill and tell me that like why can't we just keep politics out of it what you mean is let's keep politics i like in it and politics that i don't like out of it because everything is political Everything is political. If you go back and you pick up your fucking D&D second D manual and you fucking flip to the goddamn description of what lawful good is and you start reading that and you don't think that shit's political, if you don't think that a game about like, oh, hey, I'm like a fucking white dude and I get to be a paladin and walk around and kill people who are different than me and take their land. If you think that shit's not political, then there's something wrong with you, pal. Not with me, okay? So don't tell me about let's keep politics out of gaming because that's just that's just a fucking non-starter for me right away. All right, so anyway, <laughs> back to your regularly scheduled <laughs> program programming. Of gaming. Of gaming. All right, so we got that shit out of the way. I got a little fucking, I got a little, some little notes. Okay, so Adam, buddy. Yeah. What's up, man? Did you, uh, did you get any books recently? I did not get any books recently because I have been diverting all of my funds into paint for miniatures and terrain, which I'll talk about later. Yeah. So, no, I have not gotten any books lately. Well, okay, so... um, How about you, Brendan? Yeah, I I know you have. I I can see them. I got a couple books. Yeah, I put a little pile of them here so I remember to talk about them. Uh, For one of them, you know, I didn't even give him a shout-out. The homie up in in L.A., Michael Holmes... um, Holmes, Michael Holmes, Holmes. Anyway, um, back when I was on my big underground tear, he was like, I was like, I think I said, oh, the only thing I'm missing is the notebook, and he was like, bro, I know where I can get one, and um, so he went out, he scored me one. It's Nib or it's Nis, new and shrink, yeah, new and shrink, still in the shrink from uh, shrink's a little toe up, but that's okay, the, still on there, dude. The glory days of 1993. This thing's been new in the shrink for like what is that, 26 years, something like that. <laughs> yeah, unused. Anyway, so he went out, he got one for me, and then he uh, he's like, uh, I sent him the money for it. He's like, yo, <laughs> I'll I'll send I'll send it over, or or I'll let's meet up at uh at Strategic Con and I'll give mm-hmm. it to you. And so then the weekend at Strategic Con came, and I was like, yo, I'm in town, come come give me my book, let's hang out. He's like, I can't make it. So then he just recently sent it to me, 
and uh, I'm looking at it, and what's so cool about it is it's like really fat. It's like you can see how fat it is. There's mm-hmm. like because I think that Underground wanted these like this idea of the it's a three ring binder. Yeah, and they like, clearly left room for it to grow. Yeah, yeah, like so, a lot of room for it to grow. They they had ambitions. They did, they did. And as uh, if you go follow my Instagram, you may remember like a few months ago, I did a little thing where I was talking about the L.A. book or the L.A. box set. And it comes with a bunch of these pages for the notebook. Um, uh. And I can tell that they wanted to do lots of these. But uh, that was not meant to be. The game's over. But um, you do get, if you find one of these notebooks, man, there is a healthy amount of, of pages in here. So um, as much as I've been trying to keep that 1993 shrink on it, I feel like I should open it up and take a look. Games are meant to be played. That is what I that is what I told oh. uh, Memory Alpha when they were asking if they should play the Star Trek game a while back. Oh, the, so they got the yeah. Star Trek game. They were like, "It's new. It's right. never been opened." And I said, "Games are meant to be played. Games? You should open it." Well, yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'm gonna get to play any, uh, Underground though. I told I told Ben Bailey. I was like, "Yo, man, you need to run uh, Underground for us." And he was like, um, "No. Oh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe someday." And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> nothing right. else you posted on the Instagram yeah, it's as, gonna, a, as an artifact. It's going to have to go on the Instagram. Um, all right, what else did I get? I got, okay, so. Uh, You've been on a little Shadows of the Demon Lord kick. Yeah, man. A little I bit just, of a kick. I decided, okay, we were kind of having some problems like staffing games for the Friday Night Game Club, mm-hmm. um, which takes place at alternate Fridays at our sponsor store. Game Depot in Tempe, Arizona. And it starts at about 6, and it goes till about 9. Um, usually people start showing up around 5.30. And uh, we've been having trouble kind of like holding down the table, you know? So I was like, well, I'll run something. And I'll just run something that's like a long-term game because, um, I w- you know, I don't want to have to like think about it too much. I want to have to generate something new every two weeks and just always be on that grind. You know, if, if you're doing like a long campaign, then you hit a certain point, as I'm sure experienced game masters know, where the game casters run itself, right? Yeah, your players start generating the content, and yeah. you sit back and you laugh. Yeah, exactly. And all you got to do is just kind of decide what monsters show up. So, um, I was like, well, I'll do Shadows of the Demon Lord since, uh, or Shadow rather of the Demon Lord. Because, you know, we had just done that episode where we had gone through a bunch of these books. And uh, so what it, I, I picked up a couple of supplements to um, kind of, you know, round that collection out. And uh, just today I got The Hunger in the Void, which is kind of like, um, I don't know, like uh, an antagonist's book. It's full of these, like, sort of scions of the, of the demon lord. I haven't had a good chance to look at it, but holy fuck, it looks good. This book looks, it's just like full of all these like murderous demon images. Covers red. The void yeah, is truth. hungry for eyeballs. Truth. And it's just like, there's like this little imp guy sitting on this like fat dude's back and he's just like tearing out the dude's eyes. Which, you know, that's legit. That's the that's the life I'm living. Um, I also got Terrible Beauty for that. You can see what I wrote about that on um, my Instagram account. That's the elves book. Yeah, it's about elves, and he, you know, Schwab has an interesting take on elves for that game. I think that's really worthwhile. It kind of ties into how he does Changelings, where it's really much more of a game about kind of like fae creatures. Like elves aren't like aren't like oh hey I'm a race of, of like pointier dudes. It's like they're fae creatures, and so uh, if you're looking to kind of like round that aspect of your shadow game out then the Terrible Beauty book is super great. It comes with like a whole bunch of 
like additional races and stuff that you can play that kind of build into that kind of fairy court sort of idea. And then, you know, kind of that, that, that actually is interesting that, that, that came up because I also got off of drive through RPG scions of the betrayer for shadow of the demon Lord. And, um, what this is, is this is a book about like elf creatures who have, uh, sold out to the demon Lord. And so they're sort of like dark Eldar looking fuckers. And if you look at the cover, Very Melbanean looking guy on the cover, yeah, it's like, check out, check out how fucking rad those guys look. They look all dark Eldar and shit where they're yeah, all like evil Harlequin look. And- yeah. They're like, Oh, wearing my black leather armor. And I'm just like cutting people up. And like, I have a haughty and imperious look on my face, even though I'm surrounded by gore. I love that kind of stuff. So, um, I, I saw the image for that when he was writing it. And, uh, then when I started decided to run the game, I was like, "Oh, well, I gotta get one." So it was about eight bucks, and then plus shipping. Um, what is kind of interesting is it's a uh, it's a magazine size. It's a uh, eight and a half by eleven folded in half, and it's a uh, soft cover, saddle stitched. So I just got this today. Haven't had a chance to read it, but I'll let you guys know how I find it. I mean, I'm pretty stoked because I fucking love dark elves anyway. Um, so it looks pretty rad to me. It would. All, all I'm saying is, is that the threshold for quality is incredibly low on this. Basically, if he just writes a half decent dark elf book, then I'm gonna love it. So yeah, that's that, man. That's what cool. I got. That's what I got. It's all good stuff. What you been playing, dude? You been playing any games? I've been playing in the low fantasy gaming game down at Game Depot. So how's that going, man? That's going great. Um, we're just kind of going around and and uh, we do a lot of tri- rescuing, get trying to rescue kids. Rescuing kids are trying to rescue kids. This is like a reoccurring theme in that uh, this seems like it's, that goes all the way back to the beginning, right? It does. And the first one we we're trying to rescue. The two sons of the woodsmith guy and then the daughter of the tavern owner. And then there was some other kid who went missing that I had nothing to do with because Ogre was off. I wasn't there that week. So Ogre was off carousing (laughs) or getting drunk. So what I spend my money on in that game is carousing. I don't buy any equipment or anything because it's an artificer. I don't really trust anything I don't build. So I just blow it all on, on the high life. And then the last one was we had to go find this noble's daughter who had gone missing. There was a, the one where we went to sewers to fight monsters in between that. But there were missing people on that, too. And then we had to go find the missing priest guy so I could try and get cured of the disease I got while I was in the sewers. Then we have to go find this guy's daughter. And everybody's missing. Is that part of the plot? Yeah, everybody just keeps disappearing. It's just whenever everywhere we go, there's just missing people. And there's some kind of horrible thing or creature or whatever. And so, yeah, I uh, I went and got to fight some thugs, some ruffians, and then some fake creatures who broke my, my artificer weapon. So I was kind of pissed off at them about that. I can just build a new one during Yeah, what's up with this bone sword? I Because you guys are on this big, like, text, this big mass text, mm-hmm. right? And I see it on my phone. It's like the it's the Friday Night Role-Playing Club mass text. That was from to- the first one that we did the guy was making a bone sword out of the bones of the kids that he had taken that's repulsive yeah and so it it i guess draw lures you in so if you fail a willpower check then then you're you're cursed to carry the bone sword and attempt to use it in battle so i failed (laughs) and picked it up and had hidden it for a while and then i had a a sleep aoe effect thrown on me in the last battle because i threw one very targeted 
that didn't hit anyone in the party and knocked out, I think like four people. And somebody else was like, what a great idea. I'm going to throw my next one centered on ogre. Cause he aggroed a bunch of guys. <laughs> so, Hey guys, this is Adam like calling out his fellow players. So I went night night, <laughs> uh, sleepy time. So I went sleepy time and it, it, it was no big deal. It was a smart play, right? Cause it took out a bunch more guys than just me. So it was a smart move. It's a great spell, but it took me out of the game for the remainder of the combat. So I was just kind of, I just kind of laid there and slept and I was like, well, while I'm sleeping, you guys can feel free to get rid of that bone sword if you want. Cause I can't stop you now. Cause when they tried to take it from me before I get all crazy. Yeah. You get all, you get all gollamy. Like, right. Ah, fuck yeah. that, man. You can't take my bone sword. sword. Yeah, you can't have the bone sword. So I would yell at them and, uh, and so one of them tried to pick it up and throw it in the sea because we were on an island. And, of course, he failed his check, so now he has the bone sword. <laughs> so the bone sword is going to make its way through the group, I think, as we go. But, I mean, nothing bad seems to happen when you have the bone sword. You gain insanity. Oh, you just gain insanity Yeah, you points? start, like, racking up insanity from, from the bone sword talking to you and telling you to do messed up stuff. Oh, interesting. That's, that's hilarious. Now, it's kind of interesting about that game, right, is that, okay, so our homie William runs that, and... Uh, I knew that he was using some monsters and stuff as Shadow of the Demon Lord. Right. And uh, so then I was like, oh, well, I'm going to run Shadow like Shadow of the Demon Lord proper for the game, gaming group. I was like, let me like uh, get at him and just see what resources he's using so that we don't just end up running the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Because at some point his game will go on break and maybe people will filter over to mine. I don't know. We want to keep it so that people aren't just playing the same thing over and over again. Right. A churn, you know? And it turns out that that dude's basically running Shadow of the Demon Lord only with low fantasy gaming system. Mm-hmm. Right? I did not realize that. Yes. So, so what's kind of strange is that like... We're getting ready here in like about mid-April because the first of my my campaign is going to start on the twelfth. Uh, to have like two Shadow of the Demon Lord campaigns going in the same store, right? Like a little a little club that's basically just Shadow of the Demon Lord. Isn't that isn't that weird? Not really. It's, it's I like it. It's a good setting. It's yeah. a good game. We'll be doing different rule sets, so no, you it's, know it's just fantasy. Because I mean, at one point we had two different fantasy games going. There was the Fever Swamp, and then there was. 13th age. 13th age. So, I mean, the thing is, is that uh, I still consider Shadow of the Demon Lord to be kind of like an underground game, you know, like, uh, like it's like it hasn't really gotten into the consciousness yet. But whenever I post about it on Instagram, people are always like bonkers for it. They, mm-hmm. I, I just think that there's a much larger kind of like army of players out there for uh, SOTDL then maybe you might think just, you know, walking up and down the hallways of your, of your game store and being like, I wonder what people are playing. You know, people are playing Shadows, man. Yeah, it doesn't help that he doesn't advertise Shadow of the Demon Lord on the covers of the supplements at all. So when you look yeah. at them, it, it just looks like it's a, oh, it's a role-playing book by Robert Schwab. It doesn't tell you it's for Shadow of the Demon Lord yeah. until you flip it over, right? It's, it's on true, the back. Man. It is, it is. It, but it's it, not on the front anywhere, so it doesn't, because I've saw Terrible Beauty for months and months and months at Game Depot, and right. I always went, what is this for? Right. And I never picked it up to look at it. Whereas if I'd known it was for Shadow of the Demon Lord, I probably would have picked it up ages ago. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not... Um, it's marketing, branding slash marketing uh, potential to improve there. Potential to improve. Um, I mean, it's, it's hard because I think that he probably primarily sells this stuff on, on DriveThruRPG. Because it's so hard to get third-party stuff out, and this is his own his own um, imprint, and I imagine people are like are like uh, 
Yo, uh, is it even at Gen Con? Do they have a booth at Gen Con? Does it show up at Gen Con? I don't recall ever seeing it. We should go. Well, you're not going this year. I'm not going this year. Um, But you can find out. I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna I'm gonna find this guy. I'm gonna be like, Yo, Schwab, what's up with your books, dog? What's up with your why? Why doesn't it say Shadows of the Demon Lord in the front? Like maybe it's because he wants people to look at it and be like, Oh, hey, this is a generic supplement, and I could just use it for whatever. Because I mean, seriously, the, the in terms of conversion, the material on the inside is super easy to convert if you wanted to buy these books and use them for your D game or whatever it'd be no trouble at all yeah it's no trouble at all well maybe at some point i'll run a black company campaign because i oh you got you, you've been threatening to do that for a while i have been threatening to do that for a while because i've had that that book now for a hot minute so yeah yeah the big fat one right i've been threatening to run black isn't company. that a chris promise game didn't he write that oh i don't <laughs> i don't know who wrote it it was green it? ronin yeah but that's his game that's his yeah. company it might be it might be i just i read the black company books and i like them so it would be kind of fun to run a black Grim company dark. with the d20 system so probably not very grimdark when you're playing not as grim as you might think <laughs> maybe i'll swap it out with low fantasy and just run it as a low yeah fantasy that game. would be grim <laughs> be super grim dark <laughs> that'd be grim af yeah. because uh uh there's like a um the thing, the thing about uh, Shadow of the Demon Lord is that it has a, uh, well, I can't remember what they call it. They call it Boons and Banes, which is a way that you get an additional D6 either as a as a boost or a penalty to your roll. And the thing about uh, like playing a fighter, I think it says right in the fighter class, the basic fighter class, is like, oh, if you're using a fighter weapon, then you get a you get a boon. So whenever you're trying to hit a target number, that it states in the book. It's assuming like a D twenty plus a D six, so like you're really your average roll is thirteen point five. Right. It's your a- or know, really more like f- uh, fourteen because it'd be like a ten point five. Yeah. 5. So um, so I mean that means that the curve on ACs is like a is 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 softer for people who are actually using the SOTDL rule set. But if you take that out of there and you start using that in a different different setting then it's like uh-oh <laughs> fuck sword buddy <laughs> time to roll good yeah that shithead over there has got an ac 17 deal with him you right. know of course you know D D D D 5 is for softies so so easy to it's hit. all ac 18 19 but you've got huge bonuses so huge. those bonuses are so easy to rack up you just fucking stack them up so you do with feet so that's the thing about that game though is it requires you to build optimize because if you don't you're penalized for it i you know i i feel that way about pathfinder i don't feel about that way about D mm. 5 D 5 i don't i mean i don't feel there's like really i mean look man it's been it's been a fucking hot minute i don't think i've played that game since like 2016 but um i, I at that time, there were not builds. There weren't like like sick builds for D and D five. I guarantee you, there are now. <laughs> there have yeah, to be by now. Yeah. There's someone on a forum who figured out the optimal build for everything by this point, because that's what that community does. And that's Lame. that's great for them. So good for them. I don't care to interact with it. It's yeah, not sounds, compelling to me. Sounds weak. Would not would not do. Um. All right. So you know what game club I played? Because I guess that's where we play. Yeah. Role-playing games you have been game playing club. some games. Have I? I? I played. Uh, I played Wrath and Glory. Um, our friend Susan down at the uh, game club. And ran. this is the Warhammer 40k role play game, the that new is one. Correct. Just it's dropped the... in stores not too long ago because yeah, we interacted what, with Gen ago? Con last year, and it was at Free RPG Day last year. Right. 
but it's finally out and you can, cause I did not pick it up at Gen Con thinking, Oh, it'll be out any minute now. And it was not out any minute. Now it finally just came out in February. So if you're looking for wrath and glory, it is now out. Sure. Yeah. It's out and a bunch like, of supplements, a fucking fuck ton of peripherals. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'd say supplements. I'd say just peripherals like screens. And oh, and the card pack. I think there's two maps. other books for it, right? Books. Are they book books? One of them is. One of them's the the campaign book. And then I thought another one of them was something else. I don't maybe not. Maybe I'm mistaken. I think there's a starter There's a screen. Like, there's a screen. And there's like a starter box for right. like a, a, an entry level starter box with some like Oh, uh, I haven't even seen that yet. Oh, that's out. I did see that. Okay. I haven't seen that yet. I saw the decks. They want you to buy like a million like decks. nine or nine or twelve decks. Some ridiculous amount of decks. Ridiculous. I'm not buying any fucking decks. I haven't even bought the game, but I will say that I Susan ran it for us. She and she ran the free RPG day um, adventure, the Nurgle one, right? Uh, the Nurgle one. Nurgle. There's there's Nurglings in it and plague zombies and stuff. Are there Nurglings? Well, in there's it? there's plague zombies, not Nurglings. There's yeah. plague zombies. Yeah, it's got a lot of plague zombies. Well, Captain Spoiler over here. Jesus. Well, sorry. Jesus fucking Christ. They're right on the like. <laughs> <laughs> when you open it, they're like the first thing in yeah, there. What if you haven't opened it? Oh, well, that's true. Sorry. If you go back and unhear what I said about there being plague zombies, there's no plague zombies. You're sent to investigate. It's not Nurgle, guys. A mysterious it could be series anything. of happenings. It could be the Skavens. It's could be, it could be Slanesh. Knows? It's just a bunch of Imperial nobles just licking on each other's nips. Just so much licking. Um, Yeah, so I played that, and I got to say, that game is really sick. That game is tight. Um, it's a really different play experience than if you uh, played the Fantasy Flight slash Black Industries, uh, Dark Heresy, and then that line of games, Rogue Trader, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, those games were all kind of based on the concept of the uh, the percentile, kind of in keeping with the Warhammer old, Fantasy role play. Yeah, the old fantasy version of the game, but. Um, they uh, for some reason it just didn't it, uh, to me anyway it never really translated very well into into the futuristic shit. It just didn't work very well when you were playing veritable gods like space marines or chaos marines. You know you're sitting there going I should be really really good, and compared to the normal people you are, but you still fail an awful lot. I mean I just feel like if you're playing a uh, if you're playing like a grim dark science fiction future, like maybe a OSR vibe isn't what you're going for. I mean, maybe it is. Maybe an OSR vibe will really work, and maybe I just didn't really experience the game in like the its fullest potential. But um, and, and I think not- it would work for in, like acolytes and hive scum. But, you know, there was that contingent of people, and I was one of them, to be perfectly honest, who were like, oh, I want to play power. I'm a guy with one a of bolt them. gun. I still am. <laughs> with a bolt gun mowing down my enemy. I love Death Watch. I'm not going to ever apologize for that. And, you know, so I, it, and then you get the game, and you're going, oh, I can't really ever do that. That's never going to be a thing I can do. I'm never going to be this, like, death-dealing god machine. And then again, they're not even death-dealing god machines yeah. in the tabletop I version mean, of the game. What, what, what? I really want to say is that you shouldn't feel like you're epic or overpowered in one of these games, but you should feel like what you do matters. And that was one of the problems with Dark Heresy in particular. It's first edition. It's my understanding that the second edition kind of addressed this in a serious way. But 
you never you didn't really feel like what you did mattered. It just felt like you were kind of like, oh, hello, sir, and you were kind of like the lackey of some other person, and that's and that that's not fun. That's not a, that's not an engaging. Warhammer forty k in general, though, nothing that anyone does matters in that game. Like, hey, we're gonna defend Cadia oh. six times. Oh, the seventh time, the whole planet gets broken, and it was the plan all along. Like, like, it's I, like, well, I, did I any of that I, matter? I understand your critique of the forty k meta plot, and that it's really about this terabad nihilistic, and awful. like existential kind of like void like i get it just that. doesn't make any sense either that whole gathering storm series of books made me want to throw them across the room they were not well written they were terribly written and they weren't consistent with the universe no it's no. just it's you know oh senpai gulliman the aldari whatever the yanari are here to to resurrect you and be your weird Eldar girlfriend. It was really weird. Um, but but that said, what I really mean is is that when you sit down on a Friday night and you've like ordered the pizza and you got a couple beers and then you're like, oh, the the GM says, oh, you need to you know bypass this door so that you can like get into the cult sanctum. And then you go beep 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 beep, and then it's like, no, the, it, oh, sorry, it doesn't open. You had a fifteen percent chance of opening. It's the a door. locked door problem. You shouldn't have those. Well, because then the Inquisitor walks up and he and he's like, let me do he it. Just waves his um, rose set. Yeah, and then the door opens and you're like, why am I here? You know? Anyway, that's that's the entirety of my <laughs> You're a bullet sponge for the Inquisitor. That that's why you're there. Well, if you were good at it, if at, at you know, absorbing bullets in a sponge-like capacity, then I suppose it'd be fine. But I mean, you weren't even good at that. Mm. Um so uh uh Anyway, so the new game, the way that it kind of functions is it's sort of like a pool mechanic. It's actually kind of similar to what's going on with the new Vampire where there's like you build a pool out of matched attributes and skills, right, linked into pools. And then you have to put in these uh like wrath and glory dice, kind of like you have to do with hunger dice in um in New Vampire. And uh, when you roll them, if you're you're looking for a specific target number, so it's a set target number, and then for all of those that hit those target numbers are successes. And then if you uh, on the wrath and glory dice, if you roll well on those, then good things happen. If you roll poorly on those, then bad things happen. It's also it's also kind of similar to what's going on with Fantasy Flight. Um, Star Wars and Fantasy Flight LO5R, but those use proprietary dice, and these are just regular D6s. Uh, what was cool about it is they kind of mathematically kind of get the feel of 40K, where you're rolling a whole shit ton of D6s, and you're looking for fives and sixes, which is what you're always doing in, in fucking 40K anyway. You're like, oh, I'm just going to roll a giant wad of D6s, and I want to see lots of pips come up. And so... If your brain has been trained for that, when you're hearing about Imperial Guards and all this shit, and then you're doing that, it's very rewarding in the role-playing, rather than this kind of like weird kind of like seesaw juxtaposition where you're like, oh, I don't know, it doesn't really work with the D10s and stuff. Right, where you have the percentile die, you roll the first one, and you go, well, I don't need to roll the second one. Yeah, exactly, fuck that. Um, So yeah, that was really great. That was really great. Uh, The... um, the little adventure that she ran uh, had all the little kind of bells and whistles in it that you would anticipate from um, 
a uh, a uh, Warhammer game, and so it was very satisfying. You got to interact with all the stuff that you wanted to interact with. And no Nurgle, I, I can't stress that enough. I, I, I really feel like um, people have hated on that game because there's the possibility of these kind of like mixed party scenarios where it's like, oh, there's a commissar and an inquisitor acolyte and a space marine, and they're all hanging out together. Why would they hang out together? But it didn't feel weird. It felt fine. I enjoyed that that aspect of it just fine i will say that as a um like i don't know sometimes sometimes i get this feeling as like a gw nerd that like you know you 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 read a lot of stuff in the gw books that is misleading about how that world actually functions right so it's like i had i i I did not i want to stress i was playing the inquisitorial acolyte and i did not have a rosette but i did have a inquisitor like a badge an inquisitorial badge and like whenever i went into a situation my character got real chippy and was like hey uh, you need to let me see the files and i'd bust out my badge and it said right on my character sheet i'll get a fucking uh bonus for flashing this badge right never worked <laughs> motherfuckers gave no shits about whether or not I was in the Inquisition. And I was like, and that, and I definitely, like, as a character, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, how is it that these fuckers aren't, like, like cowed by my menace? So, um, that was probably my only, my only kind of, like, beef with it was, like, there just needs to be some kind of like understanding in the party about like how the world works. And it's, and it's going to be the same as if you're playing star Wars and some, one guy wants to be a Jedi, but then everybody else wants to be Han Solo, you know, like that person's gonna be fucking it all up. You guys need to have an understanding about how star Wars works. So, um, the best inquisitorial badge is a melt gun. It's, it's hard to say no to that. You should have just been waving around a melt again. <laughs> I need to see those files. Give me those files. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. All right. So, yeah, that's what I've played lately. And then that brings us to the part where we talk about what we've both been playing. This is true. And we've both been playing Necromunda. The Holy game shit. of gang skirmish warfare in the grim, brutal darkness of the Underhive. We, we, so we have the first session of our Necromunda campaign. We do. We finished oh, yeah. the first session up. We were scheduled to play two games. We booked it from noon to six. First game starting at 1.30, wrapping up by 3.30. Next game starting right after that, wrapping up by 5.30. Then we clean off the tables and we go home. Not that was happen. the plan. Did not happen that no. way. No, it did not. Three to four hour games. Dude. We were we were buttoned up against the closing of the store. I was having to furiously pack my terrain up to get it out why, of there. Why the fuck did it take so long for us to play? I don't fucking get it. I do not know. Well, for me, uh, we had a. I was playing against Yona, and he had he had Yoshi there. So a lot of ours was like talking to to Yoshi and explaining the game and what we were doing and just kind of interact because he's a kid and he was excited. Sure. So it was a lot of interacting with him as a child, like explaining to him what we were doing and how the game was going and oh, what this well, guy was. Oh, That's the thing. So that was ours. We now we have less than that. We what have, happened we to everybody else? I cannot speak for. I don't know what was going on over at that, the far table. 
Because oh, that yeah. one went on a long time. Ben and Damon, their game just, it was like a dog fight. It was like watching a, like a really, really ugly dog fight. Like as those two guys were just trying to close the deal on one another. And yeah. Like, and there was just a point near the end of it where I was, where it was, stop, stop. Yeah, no kidding. I He's want, already dead. I just wanted them to stop. I wanted them to stop playing. And I kept asking Ben, okay, hey, you think we can stop? No, one more round. And, he, and, and so then we had, he had a seven minute round. He lost two guys two guys two guys got taken out of action yeah was fucking hated. that was hard to watch yeah it was it was super hard super hard to watch so this is you know we're approaching necromundo like it's a role-playing game um i'm hoping to have more cool role-playing stories to tell you as we kind of move forward um it's been an experience putting together this necromunda campaign it's already been an experience it's it's cost me just countless manpower hours <laughs> time money unbelievable energy. amounts of money and just sunk uh-huh. into pants and before and before we hear from alex before alex just blows up our <laughs> use craft paints use craft paints <laughs> dude uh, dude first of all craft paints are fine for certain things mm-hmm. it, I, I think i think alex thinks that we that adam and i just sit around like painting like entire boards with like little gw what pot. i will say is i was trying to paint industrial yellow if you've ever tried to use craft paint yellow oh that's just the worst. doesn't work no. it's doesn't work doesn't yeah, have and, enough pigment and you were it's got no pigment you were painting it onto gw models mm-hmm. it's like you don't want to take those little two dollar bottles of like paint for little little ass kids that they use it like for finger painting and shit and like put that on a gw model i'm sorry you just don't want to do that right now now adam and i have art backgrounds i don't know if the listeners know this we have art backgrounds and that means that we don't always use gw paints sometimes we go down to the art supply store and we buy art supply paints which, as it turns out, guys, cost a lot less and give you a lot more in a lot of different ways. But we don't go slathering craft paint on our nice shit. That's all I'm saying. This is true. That's all I'm saying. No craft paint. But yeah, Necromunda, you were playing Goliaths and you were fighting against the... Dust, Dustin, young Dustin was playing Vansar and I... Uh... I, I wrecked him. I wrecked. I wrecked young Dustin. And but it turns out that I made a couple uh, erroneous. Okay, I failed to make a couple die rolls, and we realized in the middle of the game that we failed to make the die rolls. And this is the classic thing where it's like you try to run. You, you you're playing just one off games, and everybody's like everybody's like fucking hunky dory. And we're all talking about how oh it's just gonna be cool. It's gonna be a cool chill campaign, right? And then you forget a couple die rolls, and somebody loses. And like seriously, I show up to work, and Dustin walks up to me. He goes like first thing he says is like you need to remember to make those rolls on your grenades <laughs> i was like that like he's my dad he's like you need to remember to make those rolls i'm like i'm like there was a guy at a different table who had an illegal list and you're fucking schooling me you're taking me to task because i forgot to roll 2d6 was it my list my list is legal i think your list is fine all right okay uh but uh yeah it's just like it's just like it's like it's like 2d6 are you seriously telling me that the whole fucking game came down to 2d6 could have those grenade rolls those ammo checks on grenades are not easy they're rough they're pretty rough they're, are those they, i think they're fours oh are they fours on those okay because I, I know fours. on some of them they're I fives be, i, be I think on some of them they're fives but anyway it's there's a potential that it can shift so yeah i the mistakes i made were all not in my favor um with regard to the it was an accident i just forgot no it's fine i'm I, not I literally had never used a smoke grenade before it was a mistake i'm not accusing you of anything You're i'm saying me. saying the mistakes i made as far as I know, weren't in my favor. Um, and 
Yeah, so dude, you, you and, have and like Snake a, paid the price. Don't you have a dude in recovery right now because you essentially gave somebody a charge that they shouldn't have? Been yeah, given? Snake paid the price for one of my failures to understand how charges work. Mm-hmm. So Snake, I'm sorry you were humiliated. You now have negatives to your attributes for permanently. Well, the thing is, though, is I was reading that and you got humiliation, right? And it says uh-huh. that your leadership and your cool are reduced by one. Right. That's actually good that his cool is reduced by one. That's a good thing because you always have to roll over. Oh. So by reducing that by one, that actually makes it harder for him to break. Wow. That's we. I, they probably mean it the other way. I don't know. It doesn't Why would your leadership that. go up if you got humiliated? Why would your cool go up? You'd think well, you'd be more Well, like, your leadership goes down. Your leadership goes down. Right. And so does your cool. Oh. So it's like, so it's like, um, you, 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 you're, you're, uh, uh, when you're, when you're making those cool checks and you're like, and I guess when you're thinking about like, yeah, running, but leadership checks are always 2d6 you're trying to get over, right? I don't know. Because I've never made one. <laughs> so it's, I think it's still that, that can't, I'll, I'll have to look at that. I wonder we'll if that's how it. that's supposed to be. But anyway, so snakes <laughs> into recovery and then, uh, Ash Waste Larry did the most Ash Waste Larry thing of all. Which was he got on the board and immediately started hard charging people with his double stun gun pistols, being Ashway Larry, and he, and he felt the wrath for his his impetuousness because that's what Ashway Larry does. That's what Ashway Larry did versus Escher. That's what Ashway Larry did versus Goliath. That's what Ashway Larry did uh, versus the Chaos Cults. He's just that Ashway Larry. You can't you can't trust him. He's too he's too crazy. He goes after it. And yeah, so he he's now out of action and into recovery for a game. I got six guys for next time. Oh, only six. Only six. Only six. Oh man, you're playing Dustin in in game two, right? Vansar. The Vansar. And uh, you've got, you you got some credits off of your first your your round one victory, your game one victory. I did. I got a few credits. Uh, Dustin did not get that because he lost. Mm-hmm. However, I think he's gonna be he's gonna be coming in hot. He will be coming in hot, and we the other thing. Is I do because I won my territory. I do get priority first turn. Oh, so sick! And anybody who wants to can pay me twenty credits and have priority first turn. Oh, really? Yeah. So anybody who wants in to the whole pay game? me, yes. Like, 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 if I'm playing at a different table. If you're playing a different table, you can pay me twenty credits and have priority first turn. Oh, holy shit! So That's that rad. is part of my little territory that I got. I fucking love that. That's so, so anyone who wants uh, to give me some cash. That's that's the coolest. Well, I will set you up with priority. You know, I right now we don't really have a whole lot of story to tell. Uh, I mean, in terms of role playing, the role playing aspect. It's true. I did does. get to defile a chaos relic, which I don't understand how that happens. It's 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 a gang relic. It's not like a chaos relic. Yeah, but it's a chaos cult gang, so it's their. I'm assuming it's their cult shrine. So I was like, well, no, no, if no. I you see, a lot of people don't understand what this means. The 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 the, the gang relic mm-hmm. is 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 in Necromunda essentially like a um. It's like almost like a tag. It's like the it's like you've tagged uh, an area. It's like it's a the, the imagine imagine if you would like a little reliquary, a little box, a little phylactery that you put up on a wall somewhere, and it's like got something that's important to you, but then it also demarcates your zone. Yeah, right? Mine's just a motorcycle. <laughs> well, <laughs> like like so that people. People who are walking by, they go, they see it, and they go like, oh, this is fucking Goliath territory and shit. And that's why in the border dispute, like, 
battle, it's like one gang has obviously infringed on the other gang's territory by placing this blasphemous thing there and, and are asserting their dominance. And then they both have to fight over it. And so you rolled that one, I rolled that one. We were both like had to do border disputes. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the thing is, 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 is Yona's chaos cult hasn't even attracted the attention of a dark power yet. The mm. ruinous powers ignore him. They're like, oh, they we, don't care. We don't give a fuck. We don't give a fuck about you. He doesn't even. He doesn't even have the sponsorship of 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 a chaos god. He doesn't have a spawn. You're right. I guess eventually he'll have well, one of those. Because eventually he'll be able to when he gets on his dark rituals to go off. He'll be able to um, get start getting like uh, bonuses based on what what god sponsors him. But right now, like he did, he did his first dark ritual and he like failed. He didn't botch, but he didn't he didn't succeed either. The the ruinous powers were just like they were they were involved in other schemes, and his like and his and his mewlings were too far removed from their 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 ensorcelled ears. Fair enough. <laughs> well, so I had the Cawdor. I'll be I, I will be interested to see the Cawdor mix it up with the Chaos Cults because they're oh, kind yeah. of religious dudes too. Yeah, so. I'm a... Uh, religious oh. fanatics v. religious fanatics. Yeah, I'm interested very much in seeing that. Um, yeah, uh, interestingly, so Ben and Damon, Ben playing Delac and uh, Damon playing Cador, uh, and they're old friends who played MTG together. And uh, so right away, Ben challenges Damon, and he's like, oh, and so they're, they're playing. And then they played the, 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 this fucking four-hour dogfight that we were watching that was that was horrible, and then we had to call it as a draw. And Ben literally only had one model left on the table. One model left on the table, and then he goes, and I go to Ben, Ben, in the end phase, do you wish to voluntarily bottle? And he goes, he just turns to me, he goes, no. <laughs> Thereby, and I'm like, then it's a draw, and the territory goes to nobody. So, so Damon, who then had the initiative to declare a challenge, goes, I challenge Ben. <laughs> and it's just like, wow, I suspect there may be a, a grudge developing already. Uh, so that's that's going to be an ugly game. Dude, so ugly. I was talking to Ben about it today, and he was all like, because right now he, he, he got so fucking mangled by those He's Cotter got three dudes. guys. He has three guys. Right. He has three guys. And uh, Damon, I guess, got so wrecked by Delac that he was only going to have five. So Ben's sitting there, like, spinning his wheels, trying to figure out ways that he can, like, play cards and stuff to remove Cotter guys off the board to try and even things up so it's like a, you know, fair, quote-unquote, fight. He's down a champion. That's going to be... Dude, that is what's so... That champion's dead. So, Not just gone, oh, just dead. 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 Game one expensive man casualties and that and was that the guy that fucking like the fucking uh ate shit in that seven minute round i think i think that i think that he's the one that that was like 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 ben's like no no let's play this round and then it's like he fucking dies oh so the first one was just humiliated i know that because my guy got humiliated so i fist bumped him for being humiliation humiliation so he had to have been one of the other two that were that were terminated in that final round interesting yeah has to be so that's necromunda man um i guess the last thing we'll talk about is just and we'll just kind of make it real quick you know so if you are listening to this where you're probably listening to it a little bit early because we usually post on the last day of the month as i'm sure you know and it's not the last day of the month and you're listening to this and you're like what's happening and here's what's happening i brendan am at, am at adepticon thursday 
through Sunday. At Adepticon in Schaumburg, outside of Chicago, and uh, I'm there hanging out with Chris Kohler, the uh, developer of Wild in the Streets. I'm at the Wild in the Streets booth, and we're hanging out. We're doing demos of the game, uh, and then we just kind of want to meet people. We want I, I want to show you Wild in the Streets. I want to talk to you about gaming and stuff. Please come by and hang out with us. The Wild in the Streets booth is right by the Mantic booth, apparently, right next to it. So if you want to look at the fine line of Mantic games and then come over and talk Wild in the Streets, please come over. I'm, I will also be bringing my Necromunda Goliath gang. So when the showroom is closed, if you want to find a table that has some cool terrain on it and play some Necromunda with me, fucking seek me out. Let's do this thing because I'll be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Let's fucking come. If you're, if you're a listener, if you're a cultist, you want to hang out? You want to talk about minis? You want to do some, maybe do some role-playing? I guess there's like a, a, an RPG schedule at Adepticon now? Fucking get at me. Adam, what are you up to? I will be at Arizona Game Fair. So Arizona Game Fair. Friday night, I'll be interviewing Vince Baker. And Dude, that is so sick. So that'll be fun. And then Saturday, I'm doing Happy Time Dungeon Hour. We're going to have a table down there, which you may find me at in between games. And otherwise, I'll be down there hanging out, trying to find some games, doing stuff, running panels, you know, having a good old time. So hit me up if you're going to be down there. We can hang out, shoot the breeze, find a game to play together, whatever. I'm easy breezy. I really don't have a strict schedule while I'm there. I think Ashley from... uh Memory Alpha will Memory be in Alpha. Happy Time Dungeon Hour, yes. So she will be showing up and doing that along with Holly and Michael Collette and in as of yet unnamed fourth person who we still are trying to figure out oh great well that'll be a surprise for all it's it'll be a mystery it's a mystery date well so fully half of the normal party is just gone if you if you um when you encounter ashley and when you encounter those cats from the dice ministry kids that are like over on the uh, west side tell myself what up i they have no idea who i am <laughs> I don't understand how we live in the same town as these people who are kind of doing the same thing that we're doing in a certain way. We don't know each other. We'll but, say uh, hi to them. Yeah, say hi, man. Um, all right, dude. You got anything else you want to talk about? That pretty much covers it. There's going to be more Necromunda, all kinds of good stuff coming up. So. Oh, that does remind me. Um, I know that I said in the last episode I had an, ep- uh, uh, an interview coming up with Jason Dural. Uh, for Dark Conspiracy, and he and I have tried and tried and tried to get on the same page so that we can do this interview. But the, that guy lives in Germany, nine-hour time difference, and um, we just can't make it work. Between his convention schedule and my convention schedule, it's just not going to happen. So um, what we're going to do is that interview is going to be bought, done via text, and so it's just going to be like, I'm going to send him some questions and he's going to fill out the answers and we're going to post that on fullmetalrpg.com and you guys can just read about the new dark conspiracy. Uh, and I will also keep you guys alerted when uh, that hits Kickstarter. So the next episode is coming out on the 15th. And by that time, we'll already have gone to Arizona Game Fair. Or not not Arizona Game Fair, New Mexico. That's right? correct. So That's um, in early April. So seriously, guys, again, if you're in New Mexico and you want to interact with us, we'll be at New Mexico also first weekend in April. And then for everybody who can't make it to any of those three conventions that we are doing in the space of seriously, what, like two short weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> three conventions, two weeks, motherfuckers. Um, check out the episode on the 15th. 
where we will do a full debriefing, Adam, on those conventions. All right. So in the meantime, hit us up, uh, Facebook, Instagram, FullMetalRPG.com. Don't follow the Twitter. Fuck Twitter. I hate it. Uh, FullMetalRPGOfficial at gmail.com. We love you. We love to interact with you. Thanks for listening. Have a good night. Good night.